This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Last week we began talking about just a little mini-series I called Looking Back to Move Forward. And as, as we move into the upcoming year, I want to think about some ideas, some thoughts, some things we can do as we start to move forward. Things that prepare us. So in other words, we don't just hit January and go, oh, I need to come up with some some resolutions. Oh, I need to come up with some goals. Now, we're already thinking about some things. So we talked about a verse in Acts where Paul said that he was, he was not moved off course by the threat of prison and trouble. I'll read that verse in just a moment. And so we, we talked about the fact that Paul wasn't moved. Now, and the question last week was, what moves you? What, what, what moves you? We're at the holiday season. I've talked with people. They said, man, he said, you know what? Our, you know, some of our relatives came in and uh, Man, every time they, they come, there's, there's drama and strife. And, you know, that, that can move people. I'm talking with a friend of mine that is always saying, well, this person said that, and this person said this. And one of our counsels to them is you can't let, you can't let another individual absolutely control and hijack all your thoughts and your emotions. You can't do it. And so, but it moves. We get moved by stuff. We talked about David last, last week, King David, very respectful of Saul. Saul was like this demonically oppressed king who tried to kill David, and David would not kill him. He had opportunities to, wouldn't do it. So we see, man, we see that David very respectful, and he kept calling him the Lord's anointed. But the Lord's anointed was like crazy, but David wouldn't touch him. And you see, man, that's just a high level of integrity. In fact, David told Saul, he said, you know, he said, my hand's not going to be against you. That's a, that's a good thing to say to people, isn't it? You know what? You're, you're sowing bad seeds, but it's not going to be my hand that takes you down. So David had that, had a lot of integrity. And then, in the very next chapter, we see that David, he, he helps a, a man, a local man who is sharing his sheep, and he and his men, David had about 600 men with him, and they just simply surrounded this, this guy's uh, out in the wilderness. They surrounded and protected this, the sheep shearers, vulnerable time. Uh, you know, raiders can sometimes come in and they would steal sheep, and they protected them. And, uh, and then David sent some of his men to this man, his name was Nabal, and asked if, if Nabal would be willing to give them something, you know, as a feast day. And Nabal just disrespected David. Big time. He said, who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? He said, there's a lot of servants who've broken away from their masters. So he basically said, I don't know who you are. I don't even know who your daddy is. Like, oh. Only thing he didn't do was talk about his mama. But he disrespected him. And here's David who wouldn't kill Saul who's trying to kill him. And this man just said some unkind things to him. Ticked David off. David looked at his men and said, put your swords on. And they said, we're, he said, we're going to that brother's house. He said, when we're done, there won't be a male left standing. We're going to kill everybody. Now, now can, can you say that David obviously was moved by disrespect? So he wasn't moved when, when Saul was trying to kill him because that's the Lord's anointed. He had a lot of respect for the Lord. But this guy, Nabal, I'm going to kill you. And so he's, got, he's after him to kill him. So we saw different things move different people. So you, you know one of the best things we've learned is don't, don't judge what someone else moves somebody else because 
What moves them may not move you and what moves you may not move them. Ever talk with somebody and you're like, man, I got this thing going on and you share your, your story with them and they look at you and go, big deal. And you go, what's well, a big deal to me? And then maybe someone tells you a story and you look at them and go, oh man, that's nothing. <laughs> you know, the Bible said we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those that weep. So whatever they're going through, it just, it's just good to show compassion. But I want to talk a little bit tonight about, about living on a higher level because we see something in Paul that, that, that I think it's, it's worth taking a look at because in the coming year, I would like to live on a higher level spiritually than I did this year. I love the idea that with the Lord, you can always grow. You know, you know, I realize people say, well, your personality is set by the age of five. I don't know how they figure that out, but that's what they say. And that you stop growing by the, you know, most men stop growing by the age of 21 physically. But we never have to stop growing spiritually. We can always grow. I, you know, before I found out that my dad really wasn't my biological father, uh, my the dad that raised me was six feet four. I am not. But I kept thinking I was going to be. Because, you know, dad's tall. Everyone's looking at you. Oh, you're going to be tall like your dad. Never happened. I finally, at 30, I gave up. I figured, okay, it's just not coming. I'm, I'm never going to be tall. Then, then, I find, then I found out, much to my surprise, when I took a DNA test, that I'm, I'm half Jewish. I am half Ashkenami Jew. And my mom decides to share the wonderful story, news, that my dad really wasn't my biological father. And that's another story. <laughs> of course, I do use that to my advantage as I remind Joy that I am twice chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and my son calls me a Samaritan, which are half Jewish, half other people. And I'll give you three guesses as to which son did that to me. <laughs> and the first two don't count. So, um, all right. Let's take a look at some of the things that Paul said. If you talk about living on a higher level, the, the, the objective is that we can grow in the upcoming year. I love that. I, I don't have to remain the same. And that some of the things, Joe and I talked about some of the things that we, that we encountered this year. We talked about that that by the grace of God, we were able to handle them better this year than we've handled similar type magnitude problems in years past. Does that make sense? You say, well, obviously, Alan, you're getting older and you are maturing. Well, that's a, I am getting older, but you can get older without maturing. <laughs> I know some really immature old people. <laughs> I know some old <laughs> They say, well, you know, when you get old, you get mellow. No, some people get mean. And so it, it's not a function of, of maturing. It's a function of being able to grow spiritually. Paul said this. So let's, let's look at, at his words. He was talking to a group at Ephesus in Acts 20. He said in Acts 20, 22 through 24, he said, see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself 
so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Let me give you some things, three things that Paul did to help him live on a higher level. One, he was not afraid of the future. He said, none of these things move me. They told him, he said, Paul, you're going to go there. You're going to get, they're going to put you in prison and you're going to, you're going to be, have trouble, tribulations. You know, these were not uh, prisons that were governed by any government body. So they could treat you however they want to treat you. He said, they're going to put you in prison. And Paul said, it doesn't, it doesn't move me. In other words, he had confidence about the future. And what he had confidence about the future is he had confidence in God's ability to help him get through whatever he had to get through. Now he said this in Timothy. This is what he wrote to Timothy. He said this, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord stood with me and strengthened me. He said, now I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. I don't know about you, but being delivered out of the lion's mouth is too close for comfort. You were taken out of the mouth of the lion. He said, but the Lord stood with me. He said, and I believe that the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. That's a great thing to say. So we look forward to the year coming up. I believe we, there's, there's going to be some challenge. There's going to be some challenges to this upcoming year. Hate to tell you, they say, well, that's not too positive, Alan. No, it's not positive, but it's the truth. Have you ever had a year where you had zero problems? <clears throat> now, that, now, maybe some years are worse than others, but here's just a great thing to say. Whatever this year holds for me, I believe that the Lord is able to deliver me. He will stand with me and strengthen me, and we're going to come through this. So what happens is we don't fear the future. We're not afraid of the future. We're not in this alone. Paul said, he said, man, he said, I got caught. He said, the Lord's going to deliver me. Here's, here's the second one. Our, our youth are having a party in there. I'm glad they're in church, aren't you? Aren't you glad that there's a, there's a group? Of, all right. Second thing about Paul's life, he said he was, Paul was not about self-preservation. He said, I don't count my life dear to myself. This is, a, this is a biggie. Everything is not about me. Here's a, here's a great question for the year ahead. I'm going to show you a verse in the Bible. John the Baptist said it in John 3.30. He said, he, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. You, you want to know a great question, a great prayer to pray as, you, as, you, as we begin to step into this next year? Lord, how can you get bigger in my life and me get smaller? Paul wasn't about himself. How many of you know that when it's all about you, it's so easy to get upset? It, you know, if you honestly think, and I have thought before, I'm driving down the road and someone, you know, pulls out into my personal lane <laughs> that has Alan's lane on it and they pull out in my lane and they slow down. And you ever notice we take it so stinking personally? We're like, What? <laughs> And then we're talking to them. What are you doing in my lane? Do you have nowhere to go? I have places to go. You know they can't hear you. You know you're not being effective. But it's so easy when it's, when it's like, well, hang on a second. And one, I have to think about all the times I have pulled in people's lane. Usually I don't pull in front of them and slow down. But I have cut people off before. <laughs> 
oh, don't even look like you are, like you are innocent. Like, oh, Alan, I would never have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but here's the thing. When, it, when it's all about us, it gets, it's, it's easier to get moved when it's all about you. So here's a great prayer. Lord, how do you get bigger in my life and how do I decrease? Paul later said this. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Living on a higher level. Here's the third one. Paul was focused on his mission and purpose in life. He said, I'm not moved. He said, I don't count my life dear to myself. He said, that I might finish my course or my race with joy. Now, here's a powerful, can I give you just a prayer for the coming year? Just a great prayer. You can pray this for yourself. You can pray this for other people. I'll show you how to do it. Don't, don't make prayer hard. You, you can make it easy right here. It's found in Colossians, the first chapter, verses 1 through 9. 9 through 11. Now, this is Paul's prayer, but you can inject yourself into this. He says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, this is Paul speaking, says, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, God's will, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, that means perseverance and long-suffering with joy. Now, let me, let me read it to you just because I thought the NLT explained it really nice. Here, can you put that up there in the NLT? It said, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you may be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And amen on that. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father He's enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Now, let, let me just give you just a quick prayer tip. That's a great way to pray. And when you're praying, you can take this Holy Spirit-inspired prayer and you can put your name in there and, or you can put someone else in there. For example, if you're praying for yourself, you can pray, Father, I pray and ask you that you would fill me with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I would walk worthy of you fully pleasing you, that I'd be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you, that I'd be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power for all perseverance and long-suffering with joyfulness as I give thanks to you. You see, that's a, that's a prayer that you can pray that for yourself. You can pray that for other people. Just inject, Father, I pray. Maybe you're praying for your child or you're praying for a friend or you're praying for a loved one and you inject their name into that. Why? that we would walk worthy of the Lord. Paul was, very, he, Paul was focused on his mission. He's like, this stuff doesn't move me. I've got to finish my mission. We're talking about living on a higher level. And when we talk about living on a higher level, there's got to be a sense in us that it's not just about me, that it's not just about making my life good, that it's not just about if I'm okay, every, everything else is okay. It's God, I, I would like for you to be honored and glorified in my life. I would like to please you. I would like to grow in my knowledge of you so that when I stand before you at the last day, you look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. So there's a, 
There's a sense of mission that we have. Now, I, often we see it when, when people first come to Christ. When people first come to the Lord, I, I can't tell you how many times people will come down and tell me, you know, Alan, I, Alan I, I've, I, I've come to the Lord in the last few months and I just feel like I'm called. Ever heard that? I just feel like I'm called. My answer to them is exactly, you are called. Now, whether you're called to preach or not is another matter, but every one of us is called. All of us are called to honor God, to walk with him. He's got a plan and a course and a race for every one of us. And one of the greatest things we can do in the upcoming year is, Lord, am I doing what you want me to do? Am I on the course that you want me? That is a bigger purpose in my life. And if that's my bigger purpose, then what happens is the other stuff doesn't matter as much. I'm going to give you my vacation story again. Some of you have heard it. Many of you have not. There's always fresh meat here at the ark. That's right. <laughs> when I was getting ready, when, when Joe and I were in Bible school, Matthew, Matthew came early. He was, a, he was a surprise. We weren't expecting to have a child. We were trying not to have children. And Matthew came, and it's been that way for the rest of his life. But, <laughs> but when he came, we were, Joy had lost her job. And, and I was working at, at Dillard's. I was selling suits at Dillard's. And man, we were strapped financially. We didn't have any money. And we had a little three-month-old baby. And my parents said, hey, why don't you come to my, our house for, for, um, for Christmas? And Joy's parents are going to come up. So we were going to have both sets of parents there. And Matthew was the first grandchild on either side. How many of you know that first grandchild on either side has a double anointing they suck money in like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, we've been, we've, been, we've been just scraping by here, so I know I'm going home. If I go home, it means, it means food and money. <laughs> We're going. We, we got up the day to leave. I looked out the window. We're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's snow, s snow for you Texans, this white stuff. It, it accumulates and goes... <laughs> And it was deep, and it was, I mean, and it was snowing hard. And Joyce like, what are we going to do? I said, wrap him up. <laughs> you know what you do with the first child? You know, it, it's 45 degrees, and you got him wrapped like an Eskimo. They're just sweating. You, you almost have to crack them to get them into the car seat. Man, we put him in the car seat, and we're going, we're going to, from, from Oklahoma. We're going to North Carolina. They are actually, I talk with a highway patrolman who's like, son, where are you going? I said, we're going home, sir. We're going to North Carolina. He said, well, just be careful. They were shutting highways down behind us and we are plowing through <laughs> because we knew on the other side, there was food and money waiting for us on the other side. So how many know you can put up with stuff? Now, if we were going home, we'd like, I don't know if I really want to go home. We'd looked out that window and said, Oh, dear Lord, it's snowing. Well, hey, we're not coming. Sorry. No. No. None of this snow moves me. <laughs> because there's something better on the other side. Listen, when it's not all about you, when it's all about, God, I want to do what you want me to do, 
God, I, I want to fulfill your plan for my life because I know it's good. When it's God, I want to, I, man, I, I want to learn about you. I want to grow. I want to do some things. Then all the other stuff starts happening and you're like, okay, I, I, I know I got stuff happening. I got family that's going nuts and I've got, I've got stuff on the job, but it's not going to move me. I'm not going to stop following God. I'm not going to stop going forward. I'm going to keep moving because I know there's something good on the other side. Does that make sense? Paul, Paul lived his life this way. He said, this stuff didn't move me. He said, what moves me is that I can finish my race with joy. I'm like him. I'm going to finish my race with joy. <laughs> that's, that's a joke, son. That's a joke. I'm, I'm pitching them. Y'all ain't catching them, boy. You're, 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 you're built too low. Two key things, two key things that Paul said, and, and I'll need to move quickly on this. Acts 20, 32, Paul's still talking. He said, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Two key things for the upcoming year. How can you live on a higher level in the upcoming year? It's going to take two things. One, develop and strengthen our relationship with God. Develop and strengthen our relationship with God. Wherever you are now, your relationship with God can always go to a higher level. So we're not... We're, not, we're never going to get to the place where the Lord said, oh, that's it. You know, you, you, you know, everything, you know everything there is to know about me. That's, that's it. You can't grow anymore. It'll never happen. I believe we'll be experiencing that in the, in the ages to come. So it says, to, so Paul said he commended, means to commit, to entrust, or to place near. Here's some things. Here's three things. Actually four. Treat God as if he's real. Treat God as if he's real. It's so easy. It's so easy not to do that. We, don't, we forget that he, he is very real. What if we just started acting like he was real? Acting like he heard us. Acting like he heard our prayers. Acting like we could fellowship with him. Talk with him. Treat me like he's real. Talk with him. That's prayer. Honor him with thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 69, 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Number four, here's the, here's the fourth one. Declare who he is in our lives. Now this is, this is an area where I think almost all of us can make a step. Oftentimes, we'll come in and we'll worship and, and pray and, and, and that's good. Some of you, have times of worshiping at home, and that's good. But if you'll read, you'll read the Psalms, you realize that David just wasn't always praising God. He was also talking about who God was to him. And there's something powerful in that. Remember I said, treat God like he's real? If we're treating God like he's real, one of the best things we can do is begin to declare who God is. Lord, you are my helper. God is my helper. God is my strength and my shield. I trust him. I trust the Lord. Now listen, when you first start saying this, it's going to sound strange to you because we don't normally talk that way. And I'm not saying that you have to say it to everybody around you. But begin to, you can begin to say it in your own life. Lord's good. Joy and I say that a lot in our home. God's good. Yes, he is. He's good. Lord's good. And I often will say, and he's good to us. 
you have an opportunity to declare what God is to you. Now, if I ask the question, how many of you have been declaring who God is and what he is to you? I, I bet many, many times. Listen, I've been doing this for a while. It's an area where all of us can step up. All of us can begin to declare. You say, well, Alan, what does that do? There, there is something powerful in our words. Our words matter. The scripture says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we can speak life about who God is to us. You can find scriptures that begin to talk about that. How many of you believe God is your father? How many believe he loves you? That he will help you? Bless hands. That he's redeemed you out of the, the hand of the enemy. He's bought you out. God's bigger than Satan. And he's bigger than Satan in your life. You see where I'm going with this? There's, man, you can begin to go through the Bible. You can just take the Psalms. You can begin to, Lord, Lord, I want to thank you. And I do this by myself. I just get alone in a room and I got, a, I got a chair and I'm just by myself and I'll just bring the Psalms out. I say, Lord, I want to thank you that you're good and you're good to me that you are my shield and my fortress. My heart trusting you and I am help. Therefore, my heart is glad. And with my song, I will praise you. You can do that. And here's what happened. You say, Alan, when I did that, it sounded weird. Of course it did because you haven't done it before. Anything you start doing is weird to begin with. First time I ever kissed a girl, it was weird. <laughs> but I did not stop. <laughs> I didn't go, oh, that was strange. No. I'm like, I can get better at this. <laughs> I can keep practicing. If it'll work for kissing, it'll work for declaring who God is and who he is in your life. Amen. Right? And, and then... What'll happen is pretty soon it, it, gets, it gets real normal sounding. Last one, and I'll close with this. Uh, spend time in the Bible. Alan, you talk about that all the time. Yeah, I'm going to end with it. Spend time in the Bible. Paul said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. God's word is essential for our spiritual growth. First Peter 2, I need to get to this. First Peter 2, 1, 1 and 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Two things need to happen here. One, we need to put toxic things aside. Now, I heard, Doc, if, if you were not here Sunday, I hope you listened to it. Dr. Rutland shared some great words. And he talked about the, the value of, of counseling and the value of God's ability to do some things. Let, let, me, just, let, let, me, let me work off of that just for a second. The Bible said, put these, he said, lay these things aside. Evil, unkind, that's unkind words in speaking, jealousy, deceit, hypocrisy. Listen, you don't have to wait for a counselor to tell you to do that. You can go ahead and do that now. If the Bible says lay it aside, that means we have the ability to lay it aside. Gee, I don't have to do that. The enthusiasm in the room is palatable. But, but listen, those things aren't helping us. They're toxic. Put them aside. And then it said, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. 
I, I'm, I'm going to go over it, and, and I'm going to stay going over it. If you come back in 10 or 15 years, I, I still plan on being here. And, and when, So don't retire me yet. Um, but when I do, you're going to hear me talk about having a relationship with God, reading your Bible, because it's essential to you growing. If you want to grow more spiritually in 2020, you're going to need to read your Bible. Just start with, listen, we have Bible plans. You can start with just a chapter. But make a commitment that I'm going to do something for my own spiritual benefit and growth. And it will help me. And it will make a difference. Here's, here's a, here's a statement, and it may sound harsh. You're not going to grow and develop as a Christian if you do not read your Bible. Didn't say you couldn't be a Christian. That's not true. You can be a Christian. But if you want to grow and develop, if you want to honor God, if you want to fulfill his plan for your life, you've got to, you've got to eat. And, you've got to, and, and the, the Bible is spiritual food. It feeds us. He says it's newborn babies. Does that make sense? You understand? You've got, you got to have fuel. So in, in the coming year, you can do that. Have a relationship with him. Read your Bible. We've got Bible plans, guys. We'll, we'll help you. Find a Bible that you can read. If you like the NLT, get the NLT. If you like the NIV, you don't have to read. I read New King James. Joy reads King James. She likes that. Just find one that you like, that you can read. But just commit to doing that. If I, can, if I could talk you into anything, I'd say, listen, just for the upcoming year, 2020. It's got a nice sound to it, doesn't it? 2020. Just read your Bible. When you begin to put God's word in you, it'll make a difference around you. We can't change everything that's going to happen out here. We can change what takes place in here. Paul was strong enough to say, these things don't move me. I want to get stronger in 2020. So whatever comes my way, it doesn't throw me off course. and Get stronger. You say, Alan, can, that was Paul. Can we get there? I believe we can. We can get there. One thing I just wanted to, to share for you, and we're going to pray in just a second. I wanted to read this to you. Those of you who've, I, mean, I know many of you come just on Wednesday nights. For those of you that do, it's just, it's just an honor. I'm so glad that you're here. Our prayer is that this year has been good. Next year will be better. But let me just leave you with this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you be blessed in the upcoming year. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for those that came, for those who have been a part of their church and those that even Father who came in maybe tonight for the very first time. I'm glad that they're here. You're glad that they're here. I ask that you would bless their lives. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. If you're here and you say, Alan, I don't even know if I have a relationship with God, but I want to I know that. I want to be sure. Or if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Alan, I'm, I used to know the Lord, but I got so far away from him. I'm away from God right now, but I don't want to live there. I, I want to I reconnect with the one. And I know he loves me. I know he's got good things for me. I want to reconnect with him. If either one of those situations apply to you, I'm going to say a prayer. And if that's you and you want to get in on this prayer, all I need you to do is one thing. I don't, I don't need you to come to the front. I just need you to slip your hand up real quick across the auditorium and say, Alan, would you pray for me? 
I don't know the Lord, but I want to know him. Thank you, thank you. Or Alan, I want to come back to him. Thank you, great. Appreciate your courage. Thank you for doing that. You're all the way in the back and in the front. Anybody else? Wonderful, you can put your hands down. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the whole church family just to join you in this prayer. You're not certainly not by yourself. All of us have had to come to this place in our life where we receive the Lord. That's what we're going to do now as we pray. Let's pray this out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that, prayed that prayer tonight. And Father, for those who've come back to you and those who received you for the very first time, we rejoice with them. And we ask you again, Father, for your blessings and your grace on every individual here, them, their families, during this holiday time. They would look forward to the next year with an anticipation of good. And we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.